Frontline Chat with Harry Tangy and Dave Wardell. Right, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. We've got a really good guest today, um, Colin Taylor. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him since he had the fame of being the, the silly sergeant. Uh, and just to give you a quick glimpse, this was the book that he did. Anyone who goes on the sillies will have to they take that away like a passport out of the place again. It's, it's a must. And it's all about policing on... The most sort of well, the most remote part of Great Britain, really, isn't it? Apart from Lundy Island, but it's the most beautiful place, and it's really Mediterranean because of um, because of it hitting the sun, hitting it, and the first first part of the year. And there's Chesco's, like phenomenally beautiful flowers that can't be grown anywhere else on the mainland, really. But anyway, thanks first of all for the music and voiceover by Paul Blundell uh, via Alex Can. So really appreciate that. Um, just spicing it up a bit, having a little bit of fun. Um, Dave, where's Dave? Well, Dave, let me just see, because I gave him a, I, I gave him a thing and I said, Dave, yeah, see, he's not feeling very well at the moment, is Dave. I think he's been doing it, he's overdoing it in too many cold, damp fields. Um, he needs to get an interest that is indoors and warm, like eating food or something, I think. He needs to do something like that. But he trains dogs. He trains dog owners to look after their dogs and he's he's got a job where he's like doing night shifts and he's running through bushes backwards catching criminals and stuff like that it's gonna get a little bit of a chill sometime isn't he it's what happens so uh so anyway we wish him well um make sure you fill his um his timeline on uh <clears throat> on facebook and twitter with all your get well soons and all that um, quick shout out as well to, uh, I have a publicist, I have a publicist, believe it or not, Sophia Chowdhury Cam. thank you so much, very much, Head of Marketing and Communications. She's been doing so much good and some really exciting stuff that should be coming up in the rest of the year and next year sort of thing. So um, it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Hello, everyone. Cody. Uh, Tracy. Hi. Uh, positive Jackie. Jackie, I want to know, do you have a not so positive Jackie when you're feeling a bit down? Or you're just always positive. That's what I want to know. It's these important things we need to know. Uh, Paula, hello. Nice to see you. Thank you very much um, supporting England, England. So for later today. Um, oh, Sharon, you, I, I wasn't going to mention it. But now you do. Oh, I feel better to say, no, let's get that off. No, we'll, he'll get there. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's made of tough stuff. You know, he was like South Londoner and all that. Or was East Londoner? I've forgotten. But anyway, congratulations on the new book. Thank you. I'll get it over for you. That is the hard copy that I got before publish. And it says not for real sale, that one. And I've just got a pretty picture up here. I'll get it over for you so that I won't mention it any more than 25 times an hour uh, from there. But Cornish Scoop is basically, you know, the Farms and Fatals there were the other bits and I couldn't say, and these were my second best bits. I put it in a novel and I've wrapped it around a story that you can just embellish a little bit, but it's really Cornish. It's nostalgic Cornwall. If ever you came here as a kid, 
um, it's that ice creams and and sun lotion and um, that beach atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Just crunching along the tarmac with the sand and your you know with flip flops or whatever, and and it's just bring that in. But it's all the policing. My main character happens by pure coincidence to have been my age when I just came out of my probation. And uh, it's all the adventures I had or, or um, supposedly had. And that's why it's a novel, because you can write things that protect the guilty. I mean, the innocent and everything that goes in there. So that is what that book is, is all about. Ah, um, oh, thank you very much. My mum has her copy ordered being delivered tomorrow. Fantastic. Well, I hope it's good. If it's rubbish, can we just have pregnant pauses, please? Because uh, that would probably be just better. Um, Arthur. Arthur's been a bit low. He went down to see his grandma, my mum, down. She's uh, not so well at the moment, my mum. She's very old. And Arthur went down to cheer up a bit. Um, so that's why I, I went round. I had a bit of, um, bit of a day in Newquay. Met John Goodman, very good friend of mine. Always good to catch up with him um Cornwall is and it's really this is really why I asked uh Colin to join us in a second because we've just had the G7 haven't we and um and everyone's talking about staycations because you know they're not worried they're worried about whether people are going to change the rules again and they suddenly have to rush back in order to avoid quarantine and things like that um and uh and of course I've written the novel did I mention that uh it's also uh on I've done a paperback and it's on ebook, so Kindle, that side of things, but I haven't done the audio yet. Um, it takes quite a bit of effort and uh, I will do that. I will do that, I promise you, but it takes a bit of time, that one. But it's all about Cornwall, I think, and uh, I think people want to know a bit more and what it's like policing in the further depths of Cornwall, i.e. the Silly Isles. And we'll learn a bit. You don't call it the Isles of Silly, I believe. If, you've read, if you read Colin's book, you don't call it the Isles of Silly and it'll explain why. And if there's a reason, I don't know if there's a reason, I forget that bit, but it's, uh, we call it the Silly Isles. It's a subtropical set of islands which lie 28 miles from the coast of southwest Cornwall. Many a shipwreck between and on, I tell you. Um, and there's this guy called Wally that's been added to those shipwrecks. We'll talk about those in a minute. Um, and, well, let me introduce Colin Taylor. He's served on the islands for a total of seven years, two years as a PC, five years later on as a sergeant. And let's just get a flavour of what it is like to police on those Cornish islands. Colin, welcome. How are you? <laughs> uh, Harry, just, just for clarification, it's not the Silly Isles, it's the Isles of Silly or Silly. Did I get that wrong? Uh, You've been my first arrest, really. Oh, that isn't an offence, obviously, but I'd be encouraged to arrest you or export you for that. Right. I'm sentenced to read your book again because I thought I'd... <laughs> right, okay. The definitions are right there in about the first chapter, you know. <laughs> it is, right at the beginning. You yeah, think, but, but... Let's just get something straight. But this idiot didn't take it in. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You've had other right, things to think about, to be fair. To be fair, maybe what a long endeavour. Have you told anybody about the fact that you've written another book yet? No, I'm, I'm very humble about that. I'm going to try to keep it, play it down a bit. I'm I'm trying to play it, but down a bit, Colin. You know, <laughs> but you still are working, aren't you, Harry? Because even though you're not a policeman and I am a policeman, yeah, yeah, we both. Where did we both last meet? We both both last met, and I nearly caused a collision um, because 
I was driving along. Yeah, clear, a whole row of police yeah. officers. <laughs> would be the first time. I was at the G7 in Carbis Bay. And it was a beautiful, hot, sunny day. And I was driving in my civilian car, in my civilian clothing, with my newly instilled sense of freedom. Yeah. And I go past flat cap, flat cap, flat cap, flat cap. There's the silly sergeant. And I automatically stick my brakes on slightly, then look at my rear view mirror like a completely badly driven civilian and realize that the car behind is quite close behind. So I better not continue with my braking. And I went on. But I actually caught up with you the next day, didn't I? So you were a G7. How did you find it? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's one of the better bit of policing that uh, I've managed to do in my career so far. I really, really enjoyed it. Lovely people, fantastic people at St. Ives. And seeing so many of our colleagues from around the country was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. That was just amazing, wasn't it? I, I, I genuinely, because, again, because I was civilian clothing, I could walk along and listen to the conversations from members of public and the police. And I promise you, in the three days, um, after everyone got there and it was a bit of upheaval because uh, there was a bit of accommodation issues and whatever, because I think too many people turned up at once or yeah. whatever, which wasn't the Devon and Cornwall's fault. Um, and uh, but anyway, after that, I didn't hear one negative comment. What, no, what did you like know. about it? What, what was so good about it for you? Well, the weather, the weather was great. Um, the food was fantastic. <laughs> Um, the, what we had to do, our brief was was absolutely fine. We had, we worked out the finer points because that's what we do, isn't it? And um, and I just found the, the banter between ourselves and and all the uh, people that were living in the area that I was policing was fantastic. People of St Ives and the holiday makers and stuff like that. And then the other yeah. the other coppers from around the country, they were brilliant. I know, even the Met. Met, I'm just, if anyone from the Met listening, I'm only kidding, all right? I love the Met. I love the Met officers. No, they, were, they, were, they were brilliant. You know, we, what, we would have the Met, to be fair to, the, to them, you know, they, they took the, the lines work of the um, night shifts. So they right. came on when we were coming, when we were leaving during the day, they came on at night to do the, the, the terrible hours, really. And, and they were brilliant. They were all buoyed <laughs> up and, you know, all smart and, and polite mm. and absolutely fantastic. I, couldn't say better for any of my colleagues that I met there really I didn't didn't right. nobody let anything down that I saw. it was a genuine feeling that everyone had and members I was listening to a um, radio Cornwall on on the way after it on back and the, the residents were saying oh we we're a little bit nervous at it at start we thought yeah. we thought it's going to really mess up but we we want them back next year we really got to know PC Soto and Soto from Ooh. Northumbria and someone and then the afternoon shift was from Soto from the Met we're going to miss them the kids are going to miss them you know Definitely. it was really a great yeah. PR exercise it, we, well, it was I mean that wasn't what it was about but that's what you know what, what many officers made made of it really and took yeah. the opportunity to kind of go oh actually this is quite quite nice I, this is why i like the best bits of policing basically talking to members of the public and having the members of the public talking back to you and if that had been a consistent thing not that you can have six thousand coppers and st ives for the rest of eternity but you know <laughs> if, if that had been consistent you know after a period of months and, and that people would have been talking about very meaningful policing issues to, to those officers and those officers will then be able to carry that forward to their day's work, I think. So that would exactly. be, yeah, yeah, really good. And you had your own little Carbis Bay in this idyllic island, but there are some shortfalls of this. There's some advantages and there's some disadvantages, isn't it? In the yeah. Owls of Scilly. Yes. Yeah, so right. Go, so just to geographically place it, because not everybody knows where the Owls of Scilly is, and indeed I didn't before I went there, really. I knew it was somewhere off the coast. 
because it says Ireland. Um, so I went to, um, so that if you go to St. Ives, which is down the sharp end, which is the pointy end of Cornwall, and then you just carry on going west, you hit Land's End, and then if you carry, you swim um, for about 28 miles, you're going <laughs> to hopefully, like Wally the Walrus, you're going to hit the Isles of Scilly. And it's a, it's a bunch of five inhabited islands and about 100 rocks, basically. Um, and so, and how many, how, how big is the police force there? And it is Devon and Cornwall Police, isn't it? Devon, Devon and Cornwall Police. and the Isles of Scilly. Yeah, that's correct. It's just a bit of a mouthful, really. So we just call it Devon and Cornwall, but it is Devon and Cornwall and the Isles of Scilly because the Isles of Scilly is its own unitary authority. Da da da. Um, so how, how how big is the complement there? The policing complement. So yeah. at the moment, it's one sergeant, two PCs, and one PCSO. And we'd always take as many specials as possible, but generally speaking, there's only one member of the of the community that generally steps out and, and becomes a special constable at any time, really. Mm. And then when they when they hang up their boots uh, after doing sterling service, then we generally recruit for another another special constable. So it's a, a tight little complement of pretty much four stroke five. Now, and you, of course, you get holidaymakers and you can get quite drunk people and you can get people with mental health problems you can have all the same problems on the mainland but on an island which when you press your emergency button how long roughly before assistance would arrive if that was the case it depends on the weather (laughs) 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 but if the weather and the tides are conducive you might get support well, you'll get you'll get back up from whoever's on the islands with you. So if I was there as the sergeant and I press my button, I would get at least two PCs potentially coming to my assistance. And they could get to me yeah. if I was on St. Mary's, the main island, they'll get to me in 10, 15 minutes. Probably. Yeah, yeah. If um, yeah. if I was on a, a distant island on Tresco, St. Martin, St. Mary, uh, uh, St. Agnes or Briar or something like that, I would expect probably three, two, three hours, something like that. No, it's we're looking for um, people like yourselves to turn up, yourself to turn up from the mainland. Yeah. It could be days, possibly even weeks. I mean, there was occasionally, there was, I mean, it was a sort of farms incident that maybe wasn't, it was brewing or whatever, and they were thinking about helicoptering us out there. And, um, well, I mean, it's it's a long flight from Exeter to Camborne, where we, the, from the helicopter to get then get to Camborne to then fly yeah. out to you guys. It's still even in the aid of a helicopter that you can order tomorrow, like now, I mean, um, it's still going to take a while. So did you, um, you're relying on locals, but at the end of the day, the buck stopped there. There was no one else, was there? No. Well, you, you know, you, you'd have people, as long as you've policed on the Monday in expectation of what might go wrong on the Tuesday, you yeah. might have a good reception from the locals. If you turned up and policed on the Monday and been, you know, um, not not the sort yeah. of policeman they want there really then you could find yourself having a hard time so i i, I really pulled up all times night and day to go and deal with things we weren't able to police 24 hours a day because with a complement of two uh, of three sworn officers it's just yeah. not possible so um you know the, 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 there was very little night term working we might work till two o'clock on a friday night for instance saturday morning but after that it's basically comms from Plymouth would phone you up in your bed and say, there's a fight. I'm afraid you need to wake up and go and deal with something. And so you that's often, what we find ourselves you doing. Know, 
you describe yourself as often your uniform was on over your pajamas walking, as you're walking <laughs> down the up, street. I have turned up to instance and fought with people, and, and, and when I made arrests, and I've got my tartan pajamas on underneath my uniform. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pretty much take them to your house, don't you? That's the thing where the custody bar is really sort of old style is, policing, yeah. isn't it? Your so, your police house was attached to it. So the three sworn staff, the PC and the two constables, live in a um, one block, which is uh, one flat there with three bedrooms, one flat there with three bedrooms, a flat below with two bedrooms, and a police station with its own cells. So basically, you're living with your own ensuite police station. Um, and you're yeah. right, when you make an arrest, if you, in, in those few occasions when you do, say 15 to 20 times a year, then you're taking the, uh, the, the detainee effectively mm. to what feels like your home and what one of which was somebody who was drunk and decided to steal a 25 kilogram anchor because i think i took, took him to a chiropractor i think when you try to make an anchor it does its job it just keeps you rooted to the spot really. <laughs> so you it, was, it wasn't a fast pursuit foot chase yeah. then no, no. <laughs> So you you came to fame really in a very big way because your Facebook likes on uh, the Isles of Scilly then your Facebook likes there actually were bigger than the forces webs um, Facebook. They were bigger than the White House at one point. They were bigger than what? They're bigger than the White House, Um, (laughs) and there I think I I, I think at at a point I was rivaling other police forces like New York. and uh, New Zealand police, uh, Austra- some Australian police, stuff. I was certainly rivaling Devon and Cornwall, and exceeding. And this, but, and, you know. and this was because of your whole tone, wasn't it? Really, I mean, I mean, here's here's one really, which you're you're you're. So, we were discussing this earlier. Your one-liners, mm-hmm. as such, and um, perhaps you can remember. There's a, actually a fried egg on the bottom there, and. This just shows how something was really, really popular on Facebook. I, don't, I forget how many likes it had. Maybe you remember, but and then the conversation. But your your sort of one-liners with this are just iconic. Um, but it's quite humbling. You're not saying, "Oh yeah, we're the big, big." You've got a very serious job to do. But this is how you in- attracted the audience, so they would listen to the most, the more serious stuff as well. Um, yeah. How did this sort of photograph develop? Because this this developed then, didn't it? To, yeah, I can um, re- really remember that one quite vividly. You know, not not all policing moments you can remember vividly, but that one for, for whatever reason, I know it went, went a bit ballistic. But um, was a, was it just a case of turning up on a Tuesday morning, having a look to see what had been reported, if indeed anything had been reported, and there was a a, a break into a shed. So I um. Uh, I thought, well, you know, there's no evidence. It's not the sort of thing, generally speaking, anyone would really turned out for, because there's going to be nothing forensic. So um, it could have just easily been left and filed. But yeah. I, I said, no, come on, Shirley, who was the PCSO at the time, Shirley Graham, who still's the P- still the PCSO there. Um, oh, wow. I said, okay, grab your coat. Let's go and um, let's go and see what what the shed breaks about. And so we turned up and spoke to the who was off of the school, spoke to the janitor and. You know, the, the doors have been forced open and there was a little split in the door um, and the doors have been a bit broken. And <laughs> right there on the floor in the, in the dew was what, to all intents and purposes, was the fried egg. Um, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a field uh, by a shed. And um, so I, I, I just said to Shirley, look, just point down there and point if you're pointing kind of at the crack, but also a bit 
at the fried egg and I took the photograph and I pumped something out that said, look, um, there's been a break into a shed at the school. Um, uh, we just want an amicable sort of arrangement for to clearing this up. Somebody admit it, please. Um, it was, you know, footballs were kicked about and stuff like that. And the salient point was there was a fried egg at the scene. And left with that, and, and kind of just fired that one off, and thought nothing more of it really, and it just went nuts. And people came back. Uh, that was a Facebook thing, a little bit of Twitter, but mostly Facebook. Mm. And people, people just knocked themselves out with puns and egg-based puns, and, and the, the fun of it. And it just—I I think, if anything, my skill was just hitting a slow news day time and time again because it just went, went nuts. Um, and uh, the uh, the. Um, have I got news for you? Picked yes. Up on it as well. So, so they saw a photograph and thought, oh, that's funny. Because it was. And they um, they said to me, can can we have the photograph? And to be fair to them, they said, yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll buy it from you for a period of time. So they bought it from me. It was £100. Um, I gave the £100 to the football um, so yeah. they could mend their shed. So it, I didn't benefit from it. So it just went straight, which felt quite nice, really. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then have I got news for you? Have it. And they, you know, when Angus Deaton or whoever it was comes up at the end of the, uh, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> comes up at the end of the, of the day and say, shows the photographs and they have to come up with clever witticisms and something. They kind of couldn't come up with anything because yeah. I'd done the joke. Because yes. uh, I, I was, I was you know, self-depreciating humour and aping myself a little bit and, and us as the police. And they just didn't have anywhere to go with it. So it kind of became just my job. I get what you mean, because they're looking at the quintessential England, how very English we are with our little shed burglaries and our little... And yet you've come along and and you've put the joke on yourself. You're not saying this is a terrible thing. You're saying, look, this is we're treating it seriously because yeah. somebody's had their... the You know, communities had their shed damaged and whatever. But in order, you've got that little trick, I know, where you've got that little twist where you stick something in there that then catches the attention of others, yeah. which then, but because you've done that already, it the joke didn't really work, you're saying, for have I got news for you? Because you'd already taken the mick out of yourself. So there's yeah. nothing for them to do that. Yeah, there wasn't anything. It's, it's I mean, a very it was, good way. Just to point out, there was a proper investigation with it. It went and saw all the, it was obviously kids opening the doors for a kickabout with the football and just wanted to sort of see if anyone was going to fess up. And nobody did. We did an assembly and stood there and said, you know, is anyone going to own yeah. up to this? And I still to this day, I, I wouldn't have a clue who it was. And that's probably not important, really, because no. um, the door got mended and um, and the kids all got told. Exactly. Exactly. And there was some very pro-police stuff going on as well. I'm going to just mention yeah. this, actually, because uh, this is something <clears throat> uh, with Finsdall Part 2. I will do this because I'm getting a lot of harassment on the comments here. I was going to leave this till afterwards. That's my excuse. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, you know, Finsdall Part 2 oh, yeah. is done and dusted now. It's ready to use. It's in law. They can use it. Let's hope they do use it. And Dave, I've got to say, he's probably um, he's probably a bit knackered, to be quite frank, because of all the work he's done in order to achieve what he's done here. Yeah. Uh, with some very good friends of his that managed to do it. But absolutely phenomenal accomplishment. So it is in law, it's in the statutes or whatever. I don't really know what that means. I know I'm a police officer. I'm far more clever. But it is everywhere now that the uh, they can have um, a, a, a imprisonment for five years now. And that's for Finsel Part 2, civilian dogs, civilian dogs like the equivalent of me and police officer dogs and services like prison dogs and things like that. So that's really, really good news. So congratulations on that. Yeah, brilliant. Um, 
so um, Facebook as well. And, and this is what I want to know about. And this is why policing is people who join the police and they think, oh, right, okay, you've got to use your initiative all the time because you were getting you were getting a um, reports of a drink driver, I think. But it was because it was on the other islands and you have tides. So the islands are actually separated with tides. And at some point, yeah. you just cannot reach the other islands, can you? Without That's Correct, yeah. You can't just and, can't get and, so and you can't just say, well, that's okay. Is it is it almost like um the locals of any island? I'm not just talking about the Isles of Sea, but it's almost like they think maybe, well, we're our own place here. You're a police officer, you do what we want you to do and we'll just be fine. But you've got to have that that line of acceptability of how much you sort of give a little bit. But I noticed in the book as well, you would insist on seatbelts, you insist on, and I bet if you weren't there, the 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 the, the temptation to not wear seatbelts on the island by people thinking, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be an accident. We don't go fast enough and things. How did you actually get that line? And how did you deal with the the drink driver in the end that uh, was okay, on well, the other I'll, island? I'll, I'll take them in order. Uh, I mean, the drink driver was, um, I took a stance. I'm not a traffic man like like you, like you were, mm. like you kind of are really, you're a traffic man. Sort of. But I'm not a traffic man. So before I got to the Isles of City, the, I'd have made one arrest for drink driving in my in right. in, in career in, in 16 years or whatever it was up to that point, which is, you know, just rubbish. But plenty of robberies and stuff like that, but not, not drink drivers. So I didn't really know. And I was also one of my PCs, who the one I many mainly worked with yeah um, he was also of the same milk as me i think he had like two arrests for drink driving and neither of us really knew what to do so we thought well let's let's grip the nettle here and see if we can do something because we are being told that there's drink driving going on so we thought okay let's do what we can so we figured out how the breath box worked we figure out all the words <laughs> and all that sort of thing and it became quite enjoyable to do you know we were it, yeah. enjoyable as it is a challenge you know we would we would doing what we were paid to do and not shying away from it. So we managed to do that. And in the period of 18 months, I think we arrested something like 16 um, people for drink drive, which was more than had been done on Silly for a long time. Not everybody ultimately was convicted because some people uh, at the end of the day didn't didn't have sufficient alcohol in their body to prosecute them. Anyway, that, mm. that's all. But one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the op shots was that, as I got told about a drink, driver drink driver on one of the off islands now they're very challenging to get to because you get told that somebody's drink driving and then you've got to get to that island and then you've got to get without a vehicle so you're on foot the whole time or on a bike and then you've got to then um see if you can catch them drink driving for a start and that's quite difficult if you're on foot and they're in be the there at the right time yeah be there at the right time you know you're hours behind the the the, the point of call etc and then yeah. you've got to if you do make an arrest, then you've got to get back. Yeah. And, you know, how, how do you do all that sort of thing? And so I got a call um, one morning and and uh, that alerted me to the fact that somebody was drink driving on one of the islands. I realised I couldn't get across there on a, on a boat that was readily accessible straight to that island. So I had to get on a, a, a boat to one of the other islands, Tresco. Yeah. Then I would have about a mile and a half to get, down from one key on Tresco to another key, and I was trying to oh, scratch my head how to do this. And there was a little lad on the boat with me. I can still remember he's a chap, chap called Isaac, and he was a visitor, regular visitor to the island. And he said, "What's your problem?" And I said, "I can't get from Carnia to New Grimsby." So he said, "Well, I've got a bike." 
It's at Carnea, which is one of the things. He said, you can borrow it if you want. So I said, all right, thank you very much, Isaac. So, <laughs> so um, I borrowed his bike and rode from Carnea to New Grimsby, then saw somebody going across on a little punt who I knew and I had, and had their phone number. So I phoned him up and said, can you get me across to Briar? Yeah. Um, and he picked me I hitchhiked, basically, um, and got across to Briar right at the time, got in, right in the position where I needed to be. The van came past like it was just planned. And... Um, and, and the, the man blew over the limit. And then I saw a vi another boat traveling back towards St. Mary's. And I went, well, I know who that is. So I'll phone you up and hitchhike back to St. Mary's <coughs> with, my, with my man. And, and it a, worked. That's phenomenal. And by the time you got him back, was he stone cold sober? <laughs> no, no, it all worked like clockwork. It was like everybody was there just to sort of help at that point in time. And it just Fair absolutely enough. worked. Yeah. So, um, so for, your, for your book, I think this was taken. I don't think this was the actual bike, was it? But this, you were what? on a child's bike, weren't you? I was on a child's bike, yeah. And so um, so I, before I set off, I thought, this is just so bizarre. So I've just landed at Carnia. Isaac had given me his bike. He said, you can ride that. I, said, I thought, it's a bit of a career moment, this one. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I handed yeah. hand him a phone to somebody because all the tourists who got off the boat as well went, oh, this is funny. Policeman in a hat on a bike. And so they started taking photographs, gave him my thingy. They took yeah. my photograph and I shot off on that bike. And I had the wind in my ears and, and in my flares. So it was, was it that bike? Was um, it that bike? I, I, think, I think the you know it's six or seven years after that event. And I think right, from yeah. the publishers added the tassels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. I don't think I did that. I would have loved it. I'm reading your book and I was I was reading your book and I was thinking, God, can you imagine if there was a bicycle pursuit around the island, you know, yeah, calling it in? We used we used golf buggies um to get around all, all sorts. You know, if if we could get around, we would you, you first thing you did when you went off island is try to get some some means of transport and that tractors, yeah. golf buggies. And and so I mean somebody's asked here, right? This is a very personal question. So Okay, how would the Silly Isles police, the Isles of Silly, not the Silly Isles? Silly, you can call it Silly. All right, call it Silly. Um, so how would the Silly, we're all learning together here, Maria, um, to deal with the loons that insist on pestering Wally the walrus, local celebrity from here in the South Wales. I have some photos of, uh, of uh, Wally here, and he's actually causing quite a lot of antisocial behaviour himself. I have you know. Well, let's because... put that in context for anyone who doesn't know. Then, so there's a there's a walrus has come from uh, Russia and Greenland, and th this Wally the walrus. Um, I yeah. don't suppose that's his real name. He's probably called Brian or something, but we've called him Wally, and he <laughs> he's, he turned up in somewhere off Cornwall, and somebody shooed him off a. Um, uh, a, a lifeboat slip with a foghorn and a broom at some point, and the lovely shot of that was taken. And then he disappeared and he went to France. Um, uh, but I think he, he he had to he was locked down or something. He couldn't stay there for very long. He didn't speak French, so he came back and he found his way to Scilly. <laughs> so he, he, then, he then turned up on St Mary's. And, gin and tonic in this one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of, sort of walrus natural history is they they like to bask. In, on ice flows and the only ice flows you've got on the Isle of Scilly or the near to are, are people's boats so he just kind of climbs onto people's boats and slumbers there and then goes off and eats a few clams and and then comes back and sleeps on boats again and the first photograph he showed is him actually having sunk somebody's he boat he did literally sink their boat 
Yeah, um, no, problem is with him and and those um those inflatables is when he climbs up, he's got those big tusks that yeah. come out, and and what he does is he digs those into the inflatable and, and that bursts it, and uh, I think people have lost their inflatables through it. I mean, it's huge, isn't he? It? And those tusks, like you say, they're going to burst through those inflatables, and they're segmented, aren't they? Yeah. The inflatables, but they're going to cause horrendous damage. But he's huge, and yeah. I wouldn't like to persuade him off with uh, a caution. No, and he's you know? so. So to answer the serious question that that um, somebody's asked there is, what do you do about it? Well, I don't know. I haven't really contemplated it. You know, it, um, if somebody's worrying a walrus. <laughs> what, what do you do? Um, it, 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 I really don't know. I'm this educative. You've got to be educative about it, and you've got to explain things. And to be honest, we'd probably have it would be the wildlife trusts who would be who would be leading on that, and they would be talking about you know uh, what you know the impact on that mammal and yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. I mean, ultimately, what happens is he may become a permanent fixture. We have we have a great. We had a dolphin that turned up. Um, Nick, he was called. He had a Nick out of his dorsal fin. Oh, right. Uh, okay. And he turned up and he, he, he chased um, boats all around the southern tip of Cornwall for a couple of months and then followed the lifeboat back to St. Mary's one day and, and, and stayed in St. Mary's. But he, we know he was a he because he used to go upside down underneath um, the uh, the glass bottom boat um, <laughs> and flash. And, and, and flash. So we did actually kind of have sort of... You know, so, so, they so, do so, have bits to flash. Right, okay. <laughs> I guess the biology of a dolphin, yeah. I guess it has to happen somehow. Yeah. I can't... Yeah, good. Glass bottom boats. That's fantastic. Yeah. You, but you also... Another way of getting your message across the island, and this is what I want is... It's, you had a radio show as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. Uh, Criminal Records. Criminal Records. What a name. What so a I, name. Simple is best. Yeah, simple is best. So what I what I did was, and I really enjoyed it, I must admit. It was it was just my way of engaging with, with the public. There was a radio silly was on, on the island. Um the owner and main DJ for that, Chuck called Kerry Jones, um just you know gave sessions to members of the of, of, of the Isles of Silly to do a session of radio. And so I I took on, you know, other people would take on um all sorts of sporting stuff and 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 uh, top tens and things like that. And I, well, oh, I'll do one as well. So I, I did this construct where I was the sergeant because I am. Um, so I wasn't trying not to be me. And I'd, I had a single guest every week who it we would mock it up as if I was um, booking them into custody for the first time. And so I would give them all their rights. And some of those rights would be a little bit worked, if you like, and give them a caution. And they would then, and one of the things that we recover from them is their MP3 or whatever with with their list of songs on it. And I had to prove they had to prove to me it was theirs. So yeah. I would ask them, "They're right. What book do you want to read?" And they'd talk about the book they wanted. Then I'd say, "Tell me a record from your MP3," and they'd say, "Oh, it's the um, you know, the Buzzcocks, Ever uh, Fall in Love, or something like that." And yeah. then I would play that, and then I'd go on to do some more. But I stayed in character as the sergeant. They stayed in character as the prisoner. And then we played by record as well, and it worked brilliantly. It was it was a, it was a brilliant brilliant thing. We did about thirty six episodes of that, and interviewed all sorts of people. 
That's incredible. But then I suppose you run out of guests on the island, surely. <laughs> you um, like you know, Harry, these things aren't just as simple as just twitching a camera on. They take a lot of lot of effort. Yeah. And, stuff like that. and I had to edit my show as well. So, um, I, I you know, I spent an hour recording it and then three hours editing it. And yeah. Yeah, that, takes, that takes some time. Um, yeah. And 36 episodes is a creditable sort of effort, really, I think so. I, it, it really is impressive, mate. Really impressive the way, and that that was the thing because you were really at the pioneering stage. I know that people started Facebook and Twitter and police long, long way back, but it really started to roll, and we started to learn with it. And I know myself, I started to learn um, that it wasn't. I, I just thought, well, as long as I intend well, and as long as I'm not malicious, or um, you know, don't 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 say anything terrible, then I'll be fine. And I realised it didn't actually work like that, but. You you had a lovely little um, just just the way you used to speak in your Facebook that, that attracted people in. What was the did you do that before? Was there something, or did you just think, oh, try this Facebook thing and see if we can grab guests with it and see how we go? So what happens? I had Twitter first, right? Um, obviously, I knew what Facebook was, but I had Twitter and. Um, I didn't really want to use any social media, but it was a bit about the radio show, that, not my radio show, but just the fact that the radio show was reporting things. And when I arrived on Silly in 2011 as a sergeant, there was all sorts of stuff going on there that was really quite uncomfortable for some people um, uh, it, within, within other organisations, not the policing. Um, right. And people were being kind of found out, and there was a bit of investigative journalism going on that... Right. actually meant some people left their jobs. And I thought, you know what, I, I don't think I've got the, um, I don't think I could stand that if somebody was saying things about me that weren't true, for, true, for instance, and yeah. um, or, or commenting on my style and stuff like that, because, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not as thick-skinned as I'd like to be. So I thought, no, you know, no. I, want, I want people to reference straight off of me rather than off of the mainstream media, if you like. Yeah. So I started pumping things out on Twitter, and and effectively that got ahead of whoever was the um you know the journalist at the time. Brilliant. And I'm, and, Brilliant. and, and, and I'm, as a result of that, I was able to um, protect myself in many respects. And then the then another colleague of mine was using Facebook at the time, the Yarza Silly Police Facebook page, which doesn't exist anymore, um, hmm. and. He, he was using it, and he was using it in a very light-hearted way. And I thought, oh, that's really clever. So I started using it. He then left. I continued with it, and it just snowballed. And I realized yeah. that anything that was slightly vitriolic and, um, you know, you will do this, you will wear seatbelts, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't get any currency. And, and what leapt on were trolls and stuff like that who just also wanted mm. to say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but if yeah, I was yeah. really light-hearted, the message still went across. In fact, it went across better. And and people then joined in the humour of it, which then increased the volume, the value of it. That's, that's I really, really interesting you say that because, I, I mean, I'm, the first time I met you actually was I was on a VIP job and I was doing the yeah. recce's, I think, at that point. It was for the job before they got there. And it was uh, Duke and Duchess Cornwall, Charles and Camilla. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I met you and I heard you, I think, before I saw you because you went, ah, oh, Sergeant Tangy or Sergeant Harry or Twitter yeah. Tangy or something. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, Colin, bit, bit of fan zoned with you. I was like, oh, it's Colin. It's a silly sergeant. And then oh, the next thing, Hill. I remember it well. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, then it was next thing. I was in your house and we were talking about social media and through all the platforms you were using and things like that and giving me sort of really useful nuggets of advice. 
And I suppose that's the real thing is the fact you can get the word in first, but I, I learned you had to be, <clears throat> you have to be quite humble and self-deprecating, but not in a way where you're going, oh, look, poor me, poor me. That's, that's horrible. Mm. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like it when, I mean, I, for example, it would backfire if I did a few jobs at work, which were absolutely, you know, those jobs now and then it was like absolutely brilliant. You catch two bank robbers or something, you know, yeah. and there was no way you could say on Twitter today, I caught two bank robbers. It's like, look at me, everyone, pat me on yeah. the head and say how lovely I am. Oh, it doesn't yeah. work. It's sickening. Yeah. And that's why my motto was I strive for adequate. But, uh, you know, because <laughs> as long as I can achieve yeah. adequate. And I found personally that that did work for me. And it seems similar to what you're saying. And there was um, I just I like somebody said, so um, yeah, exactly. And people don't want serious stuff. They don't want, oh, look, there we are. Can you see us talking? Oh, um, but this is your Twitter page. So it's, it's uh, Colin, Colin J. Taylor or Colin lower school J. Lower school Taylor O.R. But I'm sure if you just um, search Colin used Taylor, to be silly you'll see. Sergeant. Yeah, used to be silly sergeant. Right. OK, so that, that's the Twitter one. So follow that, everyone, because uh, that is a direct request from Dawn. Uh, Dawn's asked if there's a Facebook page. Dawn, there isn't anymore. The, I don't. I don't serve on the Isles of Philly anymore, so I have no um, purpose to to post on their behalf. That that wouldn't be right anyway. Um, and it seemed to be the case that after I left, with with there were seems there was colossal numbers of followers on that Facebook page, and the um, uh, and the others just weren't. They weren't interested. The people who took on after me weren't interested in in being who I was and writing things. It does take a long time, and yeah. so it kind of folded. And it was right, probably right to have folded, to be fair, because um, it wasn't fair on the people who were there that they should be. You, you've got to. You've definitely got to want to do it. It's got to be an urge that you yeah. think. Do you know what? I get satisfaction from yeah. getting the community to go. Oh, hang on a minute. The cops aren't so bad after all. Ah, okay. Now you've got their attention. Now you can talk to them. Now we were talking um, uh, before. Is like my my Twitter tends to be the the sort of the shop window of yeah. the humorous stuff I used to put in and whatever. And then then you get their attention. Now you've got an audience that you can say the serious stuff to. Yes. Um, and it's that getting that mix. Now you you did something about a recruiting thing once, didn't you? And you left yeah. it for the weekend and you went away or you went online, mainland or something. You went, went away. What was that? And that got you a few followers. <laughs> so one of my PCs left um, yeah. and when somebody leaves, you've got to recruit again. And it's only ever going to be from Devon and Cornwall. It's only going to ever going to be a, a, another police officer from Devon and Cornwall. But I thought, oh, I'm going to knock myself out of here a little bit and um, put a post out. So I put out a little bit of a spoof post saying, you know, the best policing job in the world is coming up for grabs. Um, you've got to know how to... Um, solve an argument between two arguing chefs who are arguing about the uh, rock salt and mineral salt, you know, or sea salt. <laughs> or you've, got, you've got to be able to wrestle a, a, a seal. Um, you've got to be able to <laughs> give your wife a parking ticket so, such that you don't have fine dinner and the dog thereafter and all that sort of thing. And uh, because, it's, you know, it's kind of relevant. So I, I put this little spoof thing out and that just went banzai. Oh, it did, and I, and I, I, but I put it out on a. I'm going to say I put it out on a on a Thursday, and, and on a Friday I had to go away with my kids and my family to to the Cornwall um, to yeah. go to a judo trip. Taking you know it's just a dad thing taking kids to to do a judo tournament. So we ended up in in a Holiday Inn in in um, 
or not holiday and you know one of the one of those yeah. memory holiday places we stayed there and um and i found that people were phoning my mobile the whole time saying hi colin we're from new zealand uh <laughs> we'd like to interview hi colin i'm from texas i'd like to interview about this hi colin it's the daily mail here we'd like to interview about this hi colin it's Tom. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> I've had comms Ooh. messages like that, but not as big as that. It your initial you. reaction, your blood must have drained from your face. Well, because there was nothing I could do. I couldn't. I couldn't go back and take the post down or anything because I was away from it and and I didn't have control yeah. of it where I was. I couldn't really see what was going on. My forehead was sweating the whole time. I was in this, you know, in this um this hotel, and I couldn't do anything. And I had multiple sort of um media uh interviews to do and i thought oh yeah. cool, then i'll do them and, and i found myself doing a an interview with radio new zealand um the, their equivalent of radio four i think uh yeah. at, at sort of six o'clock in the morning to catch their tail end to catch our, our at, oh, from, course, a broom yeah. cupboard, from a broom cupboard in the hotel because that was the only place yeah. i could reception and not be disturbed and i couldn't do it with my family there as i wake them up so i found i'm in a dark broom cupboard with buckets all around me and coats hanging here and stuff like that doing an interview in new zealand and i'm thinking i, I may have overstepped my my mark here <laughs> <laughs> i mean you how many actually can you remember the figures involved how many people actually applied or whatever you know or said showed their interest because well some people that, seriously that, didn't they? that was um that that particular post, I think something like quarter of a million people saw it, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and and of course you couldn't actually apply. It was only Devon yeah. um, yeah. and Cornwall, and we got we got good candidates from that. But um, there, were, there were people who were actually phoning up the police station saying, "I you know I found your number somewhere online, and I'd like to apply." And I'm Spanish. Uh, we had Greek, we had Spanish. I know we had German, we had um, Texan. Um, yeah, we, we had people from all over the place phoning up with almost no appreciable levels of English as well, you know, to, saying, oh, I'd like to I'd like to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. That was a safe accent to choose. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but the thing is, as well, it sounds idyllic and great, but um, I imagine when you're on the beach with your kids and you're in your budgie smugglers and then somebody comes along and says, ah. Oh, Sergeant Taylor, I need to speak to you about a theft of this, whatever. You know, is it's just never being off duty, and you've been caught in yeah. supermarkets, haven't you, with your arms full, and people giving you, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it it must be tiresome like that. Surely you were quite glad to get well, away from that as well. Well, at the time it's tiresome, but mm. five minutes later or an hour later, when you reflect on it, you're thinking, no, you know what? It's 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 a lovely place. It's a beautiful yeah. place. You look around, you see how you've been there. You've seen how beautiful it is. You yeah. thank your lucky stars. You've got a job. You're healthy. You're living in one of the wealthiest nations in the world. You know, and the fact that you know, an example, you know, say in, in the in the um, supermarket, um, I'd I'd been called off duty to assist a colleague to uh, deal with a domestic violence mm. matter. So I, I I rushed to the rushed to wherever the scene was. I didn't have much of my yeah. kit at all because I had to get off my boat. I was on I was fishing at the time. Got off my boat, ran up to where. <laughs> Where, where the thing was and there was a chap there and, and we spoke and it was all very nice and passive and calm but basically he was a little bit drunk and we'd gone back to the police station he was arrested 
and then bailed from the police station. Um, the, the who it is, is is totally irrelevant. But, you know, I had that interaction with somebody where I'm being the policeman, I am arresting you, I am booking you into custody. Yeah, for the process. And then, then he then he walks out of the out of the police station after the end of that, and I go and go. You know what? I'm going to go back and um, I've got to look after the kids now. It was another judo night, I think. So my wife was working somewhere else. I, it was my turn. I had to get them food. It was sort of five forty-five. What do I do? That dad moment down to the co-op, which is five minute walk away. Uh, fish fingers, ice cream, stuff like that, and I'm carrying this all to the all to the front this is straight after that and I, i'm now mm. in the clothing uh, and and i get to the front of the, the 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 counter and put it all down and somebody beeps it all through and then i pat my thing and i haven't got my wallet because that's all stuck back in my kit with my <laughs> oh yeah no money excuse me, yeah <laughs> and i need i need about five pound or something to pay for this and hand came from behind me and just handed me a five pound note and it was the bloke I'd just arrested. No, <laughs> that's amazing. Hey, Cole, I think you need. I think you need some money, don't you? You can you can pay me back later. So, I mean, that's amazing, and it oh, that's the way it works. That, how how rewarding is that? I remember in many years ago in Dawlish, where a lot of my book is based, actually, but it's in Cornwall, where I was born and brought up. I was especially in Cornwall as well, so there's good links there, but. There was, it was a very similar atmosphere with the locals, right? Yeah. And so I'd end up arresting, I ended up arresting this guy for um, nicking car stereos. You know when car stereos, you could nick them, you could get them out the dashboard in those old days? Yeah. And uh, I used to get, nick him. And, uh, and then about a couple of weeks later, I was involved in a, I completely misjudged a waiting for backup before I go into a pub situation. Thought I'll be all right. Uh, anyway, both me, a couple of yobs, and all his friends came bursting out the pub onto the ground and absolutely having the scrap of my life. And I lost my wedding ring. And um, a day later, he walked into the station and he said, I think this is yours, uh, PC Tangi. He says, and I went, wow, okay. And he went, yeah, yeah. you treated me fairly, he says, and... Uh, it's an important thing for you. And I thought it really instills your, your faith in people again, you know? It is that, um, isn't it? Being somebody fairly. Being fair, being honest. Being, being fair, fair, exactly. Yeah, I've got a job to do. And it might not be something that you want me to do at this point in time, but I'm going to do it properly. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and if I say this is what I'm going to do, that's what I will do, be that good or bad for you. Yeah, yeah. And people like that trust. And and but the other thing as well, you had quite serious jobs. You had the drugs importation there, didn't you? And it was quite a sad ending with that one, wasn't it? Wasn't it? it was, the... Yeah, that that was. Um, yeah, I know. The, you know, I've, I've talked about some funny stuff, but hmm. you know, a lot of my, a lot of my posts as well were, were very serious because with the funny stuff, you gained the traction for the serious yeah, stuff. You need... Exactly that. Um, yeah. And uh, you know that was a serious one. So a, a boat was offshore. This almost isn't my story to tell because I wasn't involved. I'd gone to the mainland for the biggest policing event the whole time. I just happened yeah. to be on the mainland watching it on the news like everyone else. But um, but the, so I, I got away. The, a boat came was escorted into St Mary's Harbour. Uh, it was a yacht and it, it it was broken or something. It was drifting and it had been for a while. Escorted in and for whatever reasons border force were interested in it so they steamed full ahead for the Isle of Scilly 
got to the yeah. island, we decided they're going to search it, searched all over the boat, the, they, the, the lone sailor on it, climbed the mast and did a swan dive from the top of the mast, straight wow. into the king and died. And um, wow. no, that's not yeah. too graphic for everybody, but uh, but in, yeah. in, in the boat itself was some 20 million or something in cocaine. Um, so he probably was contemplating his fate uh, not yeah. You know, face the consequences of losing it all basically that's the one. you know these things do have serious consequences don't they and and that that was a big price to pay for that really um very very sad and, very very tragic but it just shows all those stories and years and years gone by about smuggling and and stuff like that it's still going on isn't it it's all still going around the coast and yeah. all these little boats and little hamlets where people are trying to get uh, ill-gotten games it's not tends tends not to be rum anymore it tends to be drugs and people probably as well unfortunately yeah. but it just shows you still have to have that level of you know keeping your eyes open and relying on the public around you you know to be your eyes and ears isn't it really it must have yeah. been that the relationship you had with the islanders but yeah. did it when so, you first when go on <coughs> well so, so, yeah it is that relationship so when you do recognize and i i, I remember when i was there the first time around in 1998 I did two years there and saw the Millennium in. And that was when I saw that, and I was very keen, you know, I was three years into being a police officer and all these, you know, got, got to deal with everything. Um, and realised that hard, well, very few people were wearing seatbelts. So I did a little sort of, you know, count how many people were wearing seatbelts and stuff. It was about 20% of people were wearing seatbelts. And I'm thinking, mm, probably need to up those and up that, see if we can get somewhere. But if you start going just handing out tickets yeah. to every driver, yeah, you you are a busted flush. You you're not going to be able to police that island for very much longer thereafter. So you've got to find very creative ways, and this is long before social media. So you've got to find yeah. creative ways of you know encouraging people to to wear their seatbelts, explain them with you, yeah. and stuff like that. And you do have the opportunity to do that, and it might not be at that point in time where you're stopping a vehicle on the road. You might notice a vehicle and then have that conversation a little bit later. See so if that makes a difference. You know, I managed to up it to about 21% people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a diff... It, I, I don't envy you with that, especially when your first days going into that place because people have judged the police on the previous person. Yeah, And correct. to be, to new, come in, well, it's not how it's done here, you know? We don't yeah. do it around like you, you. You know, you're a foreigner coming from the mainland, coming in here, treading on all that. You can very quickly, and then we'll be talking about you in the pub, and, yeah. and put you you've got to tread so carefully haven't you and yet maintain the law so that um because you'll be just as disrespected if you allowed everyone to get away with everything willy-nilly wouldn't you but it's going to be very much like that in, in in small places in devon and cornwall and probably all around the uk yeah. small villages and stuff like that the, the, lots of places are quite isolated from other people and you know it's silly is is unique it's got a funny name uh, and that sort of thing but mm. it, you know it, it's not dissimilar from many many places around about around our shores and Ireland and we police yeah. with consent and we police without firearms by and large I know you're you know firearms and fatals is your book but you, you know even you appreciate that we policing without everyone having firearms is a oh exactly exactly you've got to get them inside and that's why I mean I do a lot of learn to live type stuff which is the uh, I did did do and I'm um, hosting a parents one this year. It's it's about uh, empowering people to have power over their destiny in a car when they're young and then get into a car and they can actually find ways without feeling embarrassed and awkward to say 
excuse me, drive, can you just slow down a minute? Or you're getting distracted on your phone or you're showing off a little bit. And yeah. it's just making it socially unacceptable to do that now, you know, and things have changed. I mean, yeah. it even comes down, you know, and so, but you've just got to have, bring people along with you. It's so much more effective than going ticket, 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 oh, yeah. ticket. Which, because then you stop people speaking to you and giving you information because you yeah. become the enemy, don't you? Yes. Um, it is, I, I don't envy that. It must have been very tough. And the fact that you couldn't get away and all eyes are on you every time and they'll be looking for you to, to just cut that corner. Yeah. Did you park where you shouldn't have? You know, well, yeah. they'll yeah. be the first to jump on it, wouldn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and as the sergeant, of course, you're looking out for yourself and looking out for your PCs as well because yeah. some turn up, they're new and you've got to, blood them to some extent and sort of say it doesn't quite work like it does in the mainland you just can't walk around with your yeah. big book of tickets here or you you know you you can't just stop and pause on that yellow line that 20 minutes later you're going to be trying to enforce exactly exactly that. that and and you can have just as many as your own stresses in life to think oh i'll be all right for a second no no i can't do it can't do it um but you so so you you were were you approached about your book and you got the bit you got a few copies there and there's a couple of different languages as well isn't there yeah, um, well, I mean, we, we, we've got, both got different journeys into writing, haven't we? Um, we've, both write, we've both written about our exploits, and you've taken yeah. that great leap of writing a fiction about the, in, including detail from your exploits. But in essence, you've gone down the self-publishing route. I went down the route where somebody came to me and said, will you write a book for us? Yeah, so, they were interested in you. <laughs> yeah, I got I got lucky. There's no there's no two ways about it. And the the Facebook thing and the Twitter thing, um, particularly Facebook thing, uh, gave me that currency. Yeah. So the result of that, journalists wrote things. They you know they were all bored and watch Facebook, don't they? And then they write about what they've just read. Um, and so I got an awful lot of traction there. Publishers phoned up agent phones up and says will you write a book and i said look get these publishers off my back i'll i'll do what you yeah. want and so when they do that and then i, I you got we've both had to do the hard yards of sitting down and, and thinking yeah what am i going to do where do we start and yeah and we both made a fist of that really um and so i i so I, I wrote a book wrote life for city sergeant which um was published by penguin and random house which is you know big imprint and i'm very yeah. happy with that uh, and I got a lot of assistance with that. So I had a great editor, a lady called Ida Vucicic, who's a um, who's just fantastic. And she sort of held my hand and sort of turned up on day one. I actually came to the Isles of Scilly and I took her fishing and stuff like that. And and she said, look. You <laughs> she must have hated it. She yeah. must have hated yeah. Uh, she got that gig because she wanted to go to Scilly. So what they did there is they they effectively stumped up what's called an advance. So right. Uh, without going into some of the sort of more sordid bits of it, um, we get paid differently. I got paid in advance, and, and yeah, and, that would really scare me. I'd feel so scared with an advance. And well, that's how the proper authors like you do, because you were because you were actually a commissioned author, and that would scare me to death. Because then I'd start yeah. to think my brain would just go. <laughs> yeah, I'm more scared now about it than I was at the time. So at the time, I was yeah. I was told, look. We'd, we'd like a book, and this was in about August of 2015. We'd like a book, signed on the dotted line, okay. And um, and they said, I said, when do you want it by? And they said, end of December. Okay. <laughs> can you give me can you give me a little bit longer than that, please? So they gave me till they gave me till March. So I, I had to right. write something between August and March. I also had to do my job, which is my policing job. 
but it was during yeah. the winter during the winter on Scilly and it gets a little bit quiet there so um you know I, I wasn't doing too much overtime in, set, in essence and I just switched off the tv didn't watch any tv I'd do my shift come home write go to bed get up yeah. write go out do a shift come back write and I just stayed in the zone doing that yeah however writers get through it they all do it but that's the way I did it for that book yeah um yeah. and I, I you know what did I want they, gave, they just said to me, I, well, I said to them, what do you want from me? And they said, write what you want. And I said, okay, is that it? And they said, well, just make it warm and humorous. Right. And that was it. Warm and humorous was actually in the contract. Make it warm and humorous. Okay. So that, that's, that's what I did. And that stuck with me ever since. And that stuck with me all the way through. I just yeah. made it warm, kept it light, kept it warm and humorous. There's no axe to grind. Um, there's no, there's no gory details and stuff People like want that. Escapism, don't they? They just it's want to imagine being not yeah. who I am. Um, and yeah, and I, and I wasn't going to do. I, mean, I don't hope there's not doesn't there's not a lot of glory in it and stuff like that. You know, it's not about yeah. that. It's not about saying I've got, got her. It's about saying you know this is yeah. this is a bizarre place to have to do this stuff, this policing, and. This this is what goes through the mind of someone who's doing it, and I think yeah. had I been anybody, um, they they all have those sorts of experiences. So the guy who's there now, Darren White, who's the sergeant, who's there now, I'm sure he's yeah. having just the same sort of. Ex you know, he's got Wally. <laughs> he's got yes, Wally. He's got yeah. He's he's having to bring in a public order team or something and divers oh, get the divers in. I would rinse that one if I was get AJ's AJ's lot in there. Yeah, they can absolutely. do battle with Wally or or we do in the nicest the possible way. We're getting the water with a walrus because they've got a big suck like a. They can they can suck your brains out. <laughs> they can suck your brains out. <laughs> and on that, it's five o'clock. A walrus, the Wally can suck your brains out. And Colin, you've been amazing. There are so many things to talk about because Amazon. there's, there's also. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, Amazon, Amazon. And there's also... Audio, big print. And if you really want to read it in German, <laughs> How do you say it? And what does that actually um, pronounce as? and Ankedy. We'll leave on a rude one. Mönchweiss and Ankedy means uh, anchors and seagull shit. <laughs> okay. I didn't, didn't translate. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, and right, thank you so much, everyone, for turning up. Next thank week, we you. do have Karen Henthorne. Karen Henthorne, who is an actress in amazing drama she's done. I'm really looking forward to this week. And she's the loveliest person in the world. Colin, you've been a star. Thank you so much indeed. Um, let's, hope, um, let's, let's hope Dave's back uh, um, as soon as he can. And in the meantime, stick around till afterwards. Just uh, stick around afterwards, Colin, and um, I'll You're just good. say form, uh, an informal goodbye to you then thank you ever so much for uh, everyone for turning up and we'll see you next week